Welcome to Calvary Life DFW's weekly podcast. We hope this podcast encourages you, challenges you, and furthers your relationship with God in a whole new way. Enjoy this week's message. Yes, come on. Who's loving Jesus this morning? Right, yeah, I came to the right church today. Yes, he is good. He is good. He yes, he is good all the time. And he's faithful. He is faithful even when we're not. Mm. Just let that marinate for a little while because he is faithful even when we're not. Yes, God is good. I'm excited. I'm excited to, to be here this morning. Um, how many in, in, enjoy the It Shall Come to Pass series? Yeah, amen. Yes, so hopefully uh, you're not just giving me the, the church uh, response. You, you re- it, it really um, did something in your spirit. Because uh, here we're, we're all about change. We're, we're all about transformation here. We want to see transformation. I don't, I don't, I don't want to be the same. I don't, want, I, don't, I don't want you to be the same. I want to see God transform your, your life. Otherwise, it's just a regular gathering, and we don't do regular church here, right? So we don't want to just gather together every, every week without change, without seeing change, without witnessing change. That is, that is who we are. Doesn't matter where we are, no matter what building that, that we are in, we want to see change. Amen. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to announce our new series called Give God Your Best. Oh. Yeah. So give God your best. That means give God your whole being. Everything. Give God everything. So it's, I mean, give God God time, me time, family time, work time. He wants it all. He doesn't want us to compartmentalize our lives. He wants wants us, God wants to be a part of all of our life in every aspect. Amen. Amen. So give God your best. I mean, because he gave us his best. He gave us his son, right? who died for, for us, right? He, he, he gives us his mercy is fresh and new every day. He gives us, right, forget, forgiveness, grace, amen? Where will we be without God's best? So we want to give God our best. Amen? Yeah, are you excited? Is anyone going to go with me this morning? Come on now. We don't want regular church. We want to see God move in this place. Praise the good Lord. So I'm going to be reading out of John 12, uh, starting in verse verse, uh, 1. If I could just have you stand for the reading of the word. All right. Let's get it. Then six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany where Lazarus, who, was, who had been dead, 
whom he had raised from the dead. Uh, there they made him a supper, and Martha served. But Lazarus was one of those who sat at the table with him. Then Mary took a pound of very costly oil and spanker, anointed the feet of Jesus, and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the oil. But one of his disciples, Judas Issachar, Simon's son, who would betray him, said, why was this fragrant oil not sold for these hundred of de, uh, 300 denarii and given to the poor? Then he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the money box. <laughs> he was a thief and he had the money box. He was a thief and he had the money box. And he used to take what was put in it. But Jesus said, let her alone. Like, leave her alone, dude. She has kept this for the day of my burial. She had kept this for the day of my burial. For the poor you, you will have with you always, but me you do not have always. So I'm going to talk to you today about a generous heart, a generous heart. Let's go before the Lord. Father, we thank you that you are our God and you are faithful when, even when we are not. And you always give us your best every day. Every day we wake up, your mercies are new. Every day, Lord God, we can receive your grace. Every day we receive your forgiveness. What a great God you are. What a great honor it is to, to be called your children. Thank you, Lord. And I know you're going to do some amazing things in this service today, 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 today. You will move in this place today. Today, whatever people came here for, Lord God, they will receive what they came here for, Lord God. Today, 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 or you will answer prayers. Today, today, you will move on hearts today. Hearts will be changed, Lord God. We thank you, Lord. What a great honor it is that you called me, 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 to be your minister, to minister your word to your people. So think with my mind and speak through my vocal cords. We don't want regular church. Have your way in this place in Jesus' name. Come on, somebody give him a shout. Yes. Yes. Hallelujah. Yes. Thank you for standing for the remaining of the service. It ain't happening. It ain't happening. One day, one day, someone will join me. So give God your best. Give God your best. So I want to make this series an annual series uh, where I share about the vision of the church and then I'm, and I'm going to talk about um, giving, uh, what the Bible says about giving. So, so today is going to kind of be an unusual service. 
because um, uh, toward the end, I will, uh, will kind of share the vision. You'll see some things on the, on the screen, and I'll talk a little bit about the, the vision of, of, of the church. But I'm going to focus today, uh, uh, well, right now, about a, a generous heart. Uh, you know, God, our God is generous. He's a, he's a generous God, right? And he calls us, his children, to be generous as well. You know, we often say, you, you hear us say it all the time, uh, that we don't want regular church. Well, it's, it's because we want, because um, we believe that the supernatural is normal, not subnormal. Yes. Right? So because we expect God to do what the word says. God uh, does things exceedingly, abundantly, more than what we ask. So he, go, he goes above and beyond. But he calls us to do the same thing, to go above and beyond the norm. <laughs> above and beyond the norm. Amen? Amen. So, so God challenge, often challenges us about giving. He doesn't need our money. I mean, he is rich in, all, in everything, Right? So God doesn't need our money. So giving is an invitation, an invitation, right, to, to play a role in, in God's work. Amen. So giving is an invitation to play a role in God's work. How many want to play a role in God's work? Am I, am I here in the right place? So just as our prayer changed things, so does our giving. This church would, uh, cannot, would not be, exist if someone never gave, wow. right? And so um, we, we wouldn't be in this place right now if someone didn't give, <laughs> right? Uh, if we, all the salvations that we see uh, on a weekly basis, right? I mean, we wouldn't witness it if uh, someone didn't give. And so giving changes things as, as so does our prayers. So that's the only reason why we're here is because someone actually gave. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that, right? Because um, God, God is a generous God, and so he wants his people to be generous too. He wants us to be a part of his work in this church. Isn't that amazing? Like we could be a part of God's work. There's nothing better than that. You going with me this morning? Yes, so in our text, so it's two characteristics that are seen here. Um, there, there's a spirit of generosity and there's a spirit of selfishness. So, so, here, so here's Jesus and the disciples at a table. They're eating. His boy Lazarus is, is there and who he just raised up from, from the dead. So they was eating the meal. Jesus probably was saying that, yeah, man, raising people from the dead, man, makes me hungry. I'm, and Lazarus probably like, yeah, thank God I can eat. Thank God I'm alive to eat. I mean, you can imagine the conversation, right, what was happening. But something abnormal happened during this time. Something ab abnormal. So you have all the disciples sitting around. They're all breaking bread. And all of a sudden, this woman, Mary, gets up and walks over to Jesus and starts anointing him with oil. With oil. I mean, that's not normal. <laughs> it's not normal 
for someone to, to do that. Just um, imagine if you, you, you invite, you know, someone, you know, over for dinner and they get up and they walk over and they start anointing you. They start pouring oil all over. You would think that they're rude. They're just rude. Just rude. Why would you do that? That's just rude. Right. Plus, she was a woman. Right. At, 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 at that time. And so this was this, this was not normal. Right. So she gets up and she walks over to Jesus and the disciples probably is like, oh, my goodness, what is this woman doing? She starts pouring oil all over Jesus. And then then on top of it. Right. She starts wiping his washing his feet with her hair. Right. She was just a mess. Right. Just wiping her her hair. Right, washing his feet with her hair, with oil all, all over her, right? Do you know the anointing is messy? Oh, come on. Come on. Right, she knew Jesus was going to deal with some mess. And he, he's the only one that can deliver us out of our mess. Yeah. <laughs> right, come on, somebody got to come with me this morning, right? And so she's, she's, she's wiping his, her hair, right? She's washing his feet with her hair. See, the anointing is messy. The anointing is messy. See, God has anointed you, but he will call you to deal with some mess. He calls messy Christians to deal with a messy world. See, people want to come to church all the time and, 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 and think that everything should be given to them. Right. But that's not how the, I mean, that's not how it is, because the church is filled with messy people. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a leader. I'm telling you, I got to a point that nothing catches me by surprise. Nothing catches me by surprise because we deal with messy people all the time. None of us have it all together. Right? So we like to judge people because they are in some mess. But that's what the church is called to, to deal with, with me, uh, messy people. Because we, we are in a messy world. Right. So so who do you think the church who's going to be in your church? Messy people. They're sitting right next to you. Turn to the person and tell them you are a mess. You are a mess. Just a mess. Just a mess. And tell them because you are anointed. Because you are anointed. Yeah. The, yeah. The anointing is messy. So we are called to deal with messy things. Right. We don't live in a perfect world, right? So God will always call us to some mess. <laughs> so here's, so here's, here's Mary. She's just a mess, but she's wiping Jesus. She's washing his feet with her hair. What, what's so amazing? So why did she pour oil on Jesus? Here's what I believe. I believe she was imitating him. Stay with me. She took on his nature. Right? She took on the nature. She took on his nature. She was imitating his humility. She was imitating his servanthood. And she was imitating his uh, um, generosity. His humility, his servanthood, his generosity. Right? Because... So Mary's anointing points to Christ as a humble king. So if, if you read about Mary's life, so this is Mary in, of Bethany, 
not Mary Magdalene. But the two have something in common. They were always with Jesus. Right, so, so if you read about Mary Magdalene, she was, she was always in the right position. She was always, you know, uh, when, when, um, when, uh, when Jesus went to the cross, all the other disciples scattered, but she stood at the cross. Right? They, they were uh, such great, they were faithful followers of Christ. Right? And, and, and Mary Magdalene, she was, she was at the tomb. You know, uh, see what Jesus was there. But the same with Mary of Bethany, right? So she was the one that sat at Jesus' feet when he came over to her and her sister's house, Martha's house, right? And, and, um, and she was the one where when her brother Lazarus died, everyone was, was, was mourning, you know, over, over his death. And when she heard Jesus was coming, she ran out to greet him. And then here she is, she's at the table with, with Jesus, right? Um, and, and she anoints him with oil. So she took on the posture of humility, his posture of humility. She knew that Jesus was a humble king. He was powerful, but he was humble as well. So she took on that nature, just anointing him with oil. You are a king, you are anointed. What would you do? If Jesus was sitting at your table. So you will have to do something abnormal. Right? Do something ab- abnormal. Amen? So she, she took on the, his, his nature, his, his nature of, of humility. And then when Mary anoints Jesus' feet, it was a picture of Jesus as a servant washing the disciples' feet. Are you with me? Yeah. Right? So she took on his nature as a servant, but then her generosity reflected Jesus' nature, right? Because think about it. So what the oil that she had, some scholars say that it was at least over a year's of her wages, a year of her wages. Think about it. So if you make 100 grand, 200 grand, it was all of that, just all of it. It was all of that. So she gave all, that's, that's what it cost her. She gave all of, that's what she anointed Jesus with. She took all of her wages and gave it to Jesus. She gave Jesus her best. Gave Jesus her best, amen? And so she took on the nature. So she was imitating Christ. And that's what we're called to do. We're called to imitate Christ. Right. So he's a humble king. We're called to be humble. He was a servant king. We're called to be a a servant. Right. And he was a generous king. And we're called to be generous. Is anybody with me this morning? So the nature of God is generosity. And she was responding to his generous love. So God is generous. He's called his children to be generous too. So when we are transformed in the image of God, we take on his generous nature. Oh, I'll wait, I'll wait for a moment. Let that little marinate. He is generous. He requires us to be generous, right? And so when we take on the, um, and when we transform into the image of God, we take on his generous nature. So that's what she was doing. 
So she knew, she knew. So think, of, think about this for a second. She stood up, walked over, and anointed Jesus with oil because she knew what was coming. And the disciples were the ones that walked with him every day, right? But they were always confused about him going to the, about him going to the cross. But she, she knew what was coming. So she anointed him. She honored him, right? So what she was doing was prophetic. So we're required to take on the nature of God, to imitate Christ. That's what she was doing. She was teaching all of us, this is how you imitate Christ. Right? His humility, his servanthood, and his generosity. He died on a cross for us. Isn't that? You can't be more generous than that. It's like, I I show you how much I love you, I'm just going to die. I mean, think about it. That's awesome, isn't it? And so, but you know, there's always got to be a hater in the crowd, right? There was one here at the table. You know, all the disciples didn't agree with it, but Judas was the one that he, he spoke out, right? He, critic, he criticized her, right? He was like, you know, you know how some people, um, you know, uh, not really spiritual, but they try to act like they're really spiritual? This was Judas, but he was just like, why don't we, you know, why is she, you know, doing all that? We should give that to the poor. But he is dipping in the offering box. Judas was stingy, right? But he's trying to act really spiritual. It's like, oh, man, no, we should be giving, giving to, the, to the poor and all that. You know, some, some people come, come to church, why we got to give to the church? Why we got to give to the church? We should be taking care of the poor. Well, how do you think we're going to take care of the poor if we never give. Just saying. <laughs> just saying, right? So his, his Judas, he's just, he's just he's criticizing her for, for what, she, what, you know, what she's doing, right? And it's just like he, he, was, uh, he, was, he was just stingy. I remember growing up and we had um, this friend as a kid. We called him Stingy Lou. Because uh, uh, Lou was stingy because, you know, he would never, he would always ask us for things, but he would never give anything. He was stingy with everything, right? And the thing about Stingy Lou was, like, if you gave him something, he wanted to hang out with you every day. Every day, you know, Stingy Lou would be calling you from your window. Hey, Gwenmar, you coming outside? Just want to be with you all the time because you, you give him something. Right. But the minute you give someone else something and don't give anything to Stingy Lou, he's going to criticize you like you're terrible. I don't know why you give this person this. He was Stingy Lou. God doesn't want us to have a Stingy Lou relationship with him. Right. Because some people are stingy with their time, their resources and their forgiveness. Some people are are stingy with their time, their resources and and their forgiveness. What if God is stingy with his forgiveness? Where will we be? We will get what we deserve. <laughs> right? And so we, so we have to take on. So when we forgive, we take on the nature of God. We imitate God when we forgive someone. Right? I, I'm, I'm, 
I'm gonna, I'm gonna move on. So I, I, but I do have a question. I do have a question for you. Why would Jesus allow Judas to be the keeper of the money box? And he's a thief. It, I mean, we know that Jesus, we know that Jesus knew who G Judas was before he was in his mother's womb. So it did not catch Jesus by surprise. I know Jesus, half man, half God, but he was God. So he knew Judas before he was in his mother's womb. Are we okay with that? And so this, it didn't catch him by surprise. So why would Jesus allow Judas to be the keeper of the money box? And he dipping in the box. He dipping in the box. Why, Jesus, why? Well, Jesus was testing him. See, you will always be tested in the area of your weakness. <laughs> see, God may be testing you right now to see how you're going to handle the authority that he's given you. Right? So God will always test you in the area of your weakness. The thing about when God tests you, the test will continue to come, and come up until you pass it. You will not experience breakthrough until you actually pass the test. So sometimes we get frustrated because we feel like God's not moving in our life. I mean, how long do I have to go through this or whatever? Why things just seem, seem like it's not working out in my life was you have not passed the test. I don't know about you. I don't want to wander 40 years in the wilderness. Give me the test and, I'll, uh, you know, and help me pass it. What do I have to do? What do I have to do to pass this test? God wants something from us, right? So the thing, the thing about uh, us being generous is not what we necessarily have to, that we need to give to God. It's it really our hearts. It's just our hearts. God wants our hearts because if you have our hearts, he has everything. He has our whole being, right? And so we, so it's a test. So, so Jesus was testing him. And that's what God does with us. He tests us, right? And he wants us to pass the test. In Malachi 3.10, it says, bring all, this is an area, this is the only area where God um, tells us to test him. It's in the area of giving. Right. And it says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and try me means test me. Try me now in, in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for such a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. So he says, this is an area, only area where we can test God. He, said, he says, see if I will not. I love the I wills of God. I love the I wills of God. So he's just not, you know, the, uh, the great I am. He is the great I will. <laughs> right? He is the great I will. See if I will not. See if I won't do this. See if I will not do this. Right? He is the great I will. He says, test me, test me. See, see, do what I ask you to about giving and see if I will not bless you beyond anything imaginable. So it's not so we can get more, but so we can, so we can see that he wants us to be 
generous. He wants to be generous to us, rather. Right? So God, so when God tests us, he, he searches our hearts. But he says, test me. Test me and see if I won't, if I won't do this for you. Are you, you staying with me? You following me here? This is okay? Is this okay? You guys good? So I, I'm just, just, just real brief. I'm three things about giving. Three things about giving. I mean, I'm going to share with you the vision of the church. So three things about giving. So the, the one thing that I noticed what Jesus did not do, right, he, he, you, you notice that he didn't really rebuke Judas, right? He didn't beat him over the head about anything because giving, the first one, giving is a matter of the heart, right? When we think of a generosity, we often think of giving money freely, randomly, exuberantly, but living generously is not solely about money. First and foremost, it's about the heart, right? So there are many people today who, who, who give lots of money, but yet don't live generously, right? Come on. See, God, we know God doesn't need our money, right? He doesn't need our money. He already, already owns everything. He desires generous living in the response of his generous love. <laughs> it's like, so God wants us to ask questions. How does, how do, God, how do you want to use me? How do you want to use me today? How do you want to, what do you want me to give to? How do you, how do you want me to um, um, live my life to, today? Right? So 2 Corinthians 9, 7 says, so let each one give as he purposed in his heart, not grudgingly or necessity, for God loves a what? Cheerful giver. So tax, tax collectors don't care whether you're happy or sad, right, about your tax bill. They just want you to pay the money. They don't care how you feel about it. No qualms about it. You can call them and yell and scream, or you can call them and thank them for it. All it doesn't really matter. They don't really care how you feel about it. Just pay me my money. Pay me my money, right? But our God, unlike tax collectors, God is more interested in the attitude of our hearts as we give. So giving should be a joy, not a job. Why? Because he is the source of our giving. God is the source of our giving. So that in itself should make us cheerful, right? Because he is such a giving God. So we should, be, we should have joy in our hearts when we give. Amen? I, I believe, like, if we are upset, we give in grudgingly, God, like, no, just, just keep it. Just, just, just keep it. Because he loves a cheerful giver, right? One way to know if you're growing in your faith is when um, you give with a glad heart in the response to, to the goodness of God. Mm. So, we, so we give in the response of the goodness of God. And the second thing, heart giving is a sacrifice. Luke 21, one, verses one through two says, and he looked up and saw the rich putting their gifts into the treasury. And he saw also a certain poor widow putting in two mites. 
So he said, truly I say to you that this poor widow has put in more than all. For all these out of their abundance have put in offerings for God. But she, out of her poverty, put in all livelihood that she had. Oh, this was just amazing. She only had two mites. She had a little bit of money. So he saw all the rich people putting in, put, putting in, putting in um, money, but she, he paid more attention to what she put in. He saw what she put in. She saw what she put in. Amen? So the, uh, so the widow in, in, in this, right, just, just didn't give her part. She gave, she gave all of it. So this proves that it's about quality, not quantity. Right? So sacrifice. So sac- God wants us to sacrifice, right? It's, it's not the sacrifice itself that pleases God, but the position of trust and surrender that pleases him. So giving is a sacrifice. So when we give God, so when we give God something that cost us, we point to the past and the future. So giving will cost you something, but we point to the past and the future. The past knowing what he did before us, right, for us then, and we, we point to the future knowing that he would do it again. Right? So the last one here. Heart giving is a matter of priority. Luke 2.49 says, and he said to them, why do you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? So let me just back up for, for a second because heart giving is a matter of priority. So this is where Jesus and his family had, have gone um, to uh, uh, Jerusalem and, and all that. So they left Jesus behind. And, and, and um, when, he, when he came back, they saw him, you know, with the other uh, leaders there just sharing, sharing, sharing the word. And they were just so amazed and astonished about the, the things that Jesus was saying. Um, but it's amazing. I, I, I find this story so amazing because here's Jesus. He is a, he is a boy. And these 17 words were recorded. So he was a boy. The 17 words were recorded. You know, and so when you, when you read about when someone's first word, right, it's, that means we need to pay attention to it. It's, it's, it has meaning to it. It has meaning to it, right? So we need to pay attention. So these are Jesus' first words. Jesus' first words. Now, Jesus, he's, he's, he's a boy, right? And so we, we didn't hear anything from Jesus until he was 30 years old. So, but these first 17 words were recorded. First 17 words were recorded. Not the other words he spoke as a boy, but only this, these 17 words were recorded. So it, had to, it has to be important, right? Right? Because, you know, because it's Jesus' first word, right? So, but why not the other word? Why did the Holy Spirit choose these 17 words? These 17 words. I mean, why not the other words? Because um, for each man, each man probably speaks about 7,000 words per day. Women speaks over 20,000 words a day. I'm just... No, I just wanted to throw the statistics out there so that way you, you would know. You probably didn't know that or, or whatever. I know it's just discrepancy there, but 
but it's true. So but men speak about 7,000 words a day. Women, over 20,000 words a day. So maybe there would be more words if Jesus... Okay, but... But these... Just kidding. So, but what, so why was these 17 words? So just reread it for a second. Why was these 17 words recorded and not, not the other ones? Well, these words were extremely important. So he said, and he said um, to them, why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? So when you make God, so, so, he, so God was his priority. So he is telling us we need to make God our, our priority. So he was all about the father's business. He did not want to be distracted. He was on a mission because he was all about the father's business. He was here on earth, right, uh, for the father's business, and, that, and that's it. And, and that's it. And so God was his priority. When you make God your priority, he will make you a priority. Right? So he says, I'm about my, my father's business. About my father's business is a place of priority. Right? When it comes to giving God our best, we can't compartmentalize our, our lives. God must be our priority. Right? So is, God, is God's business your business? Or is your business a priority over his business? So here's, here's Jesus. He made God's business his priority. Isn't that amazing? So here in this church, we want God's business to be our business. That's why we are here. I wouldn't do this, right? I would not do this if it wasn't for uh, God's will for, for this church. Of, of God didn't call me here. So I'm here because of God's business, not, not my business. I'm not in the business of planting churches. But I want to be a part of what God's planting. And God's called me to plant this church. God's called my wife and I to plant this church. Amen? So it's about God's business. And so I want to show you kind of the vision of the church. As I said, it's kind of unusual service. Um, just I want to take one, one time a year to really talk about vision and about, about giving and how our, our giving can really impact communities around us. That's important. How many, how many know that that's, in, that's important? Um, so if we, do we have those slides that we can show? Oh, I don't have it. Y'all have it, but I don't have it. Oh, I do have it. I do have it. Do I have it? Yeah. All right. Praise the Lord. Okay. So, so in 2019, we had started um, what's called Plant for the Future. Um, and so we're in a different location, and we felt like God was, was definitely going to mo move us on. And so we wanted to, to um, just make available to, to others to, to help with it. So we, we started a kind of a campaign, I hate calling it a campaign, but for lack of better words, we, uh, so we started this plan, plan for the future. And we felt like it, it was successful. In, and so we want to move into the phase two of it uh, because our goal at the time 
was to, um, we had a goal to raise 50,000. And, um, and so we, we, uh, we raised uh, 20, 20 of the 50. So we wanna move into phase two. But here's a little bit about some of our goals and who we are as a, as a church. You can go to the next slide there. Um, and so this is, this is who we are. This not regular church. All right. So here we connect, connect to Christ, um, connect people to Christ. Right. We are a church that lives and loves like Jesus, lives and love like Jesus with an eternal focus. Here we want you to experience freedom, a church family that will come alongside of you as you faith, face life's storms. And we want you to have a hunger for God a church committed to fostering passionate believers by centering our hearts on prayer and God's word. And then we want you to live out purpose, right? Live out your purpose. A church that equips and supports believers for their God-given purpose and mission, both locally and globally. And so this is who we are. This is who we are as a, as a church. And I'm going to assign all the leaders to, to know, all the leaders are going to know, know this. This is, this is who we are. You go to the next slide. Um, and so here are short-term and long-term um, strategy here to create a, a vibrant worship culture. His presence is our goal. His presence is our goal. Focus, we will focus on leadership development, discover, train, and send. Ah, I love this about this church. We discover, we train, and we send. We're going to do more of that. Amen? Initiate local and global outreach. Amen. Serve and transform our community. Develop multiple campuses in the, in the future. That's, what, that's kind of our strategy. So steps for, two, uh, for 2022 is to, to boost, boost our savings for a, for a building to purchase. Or, or renovate. Amen. How many excited about that? Yeah. Yeah. So we want to make you a part of this. Remember you clapped and, and shouted. Um, then we want, we want to add key staff. That's, that's important. Um, and so it's, it's amazing that I would not be here full time if it, if it weren't for people stepping up and giving. Right? So we want to add more. We want to add more staff. We want to keep the staff that we have. Amen. Um, so, so here's how you can help. So our, our goal. So full participation in, in tithe. That 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 means if you're not tithe, teach our young people the blessing of giving, seed offering. Um, so we we challenging individuals to go above and beyond their tithe to help us take. The next steps. And so, as I said earlier, the goal is to raise 50,000. The goal was to raise 50,000 in 2019. So, we're phase two of that now. For the next year, we will finish the goal 30,000. So, I believe that we will raise more than that um, because I know the type of church that we, we have. Um, so, this is how to uh, participate, commit to pray and, and believe with us for growth in, in 2022. I appreciate your giving, but uh, prayer is important as well. Praying and believing. Praying and believing. Amen. All right? Determine an amount to pledge or give a one-time gift, um, and then so forth and so on. This is how you can 
can write a check to. So as I said, it's a kind of an unusual service today. So I'm gonna take out once once a year, once a year we're gonna we're gonna do this. We're gonna talk about the vision of the church and we're gonna talk about the principle of of, of giving. Amen. You okay with that? Yeah. Amen. Come on, stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. And so I am going to ask Pastor Steve to kind of come up and share some parting words with us and kind of pray, pray over us. And I'm excited what the Lord's doing in this church, what he's going to do. And I'm, I'm so grateful that you are part of. Uh, on your way out, you, you, you can receive some of these slides on, be on, on a piece of paper that you can, you can hand to it. So that way you can have a, a focused prayer, right? You know what to pray about. So not just, we're not just asking you to join us in, in your giving, but we're asking you to pray as, as well. Um, for this uh, transition. So I believe that the church is transitioning and we're transforming. So I'm excited about that. So I have to put the vision before you and I want, you, you know, giving is an invitation to play a role in God's work and in, in God's work in this church. So I'm just asking you to, to come help us Help us. God's a big God. I'm not worried. God, God's great. I'm, I'm so excited about the future of this church because, God, because God's hand is on it. He will provide, he provides, right? Whenever he provides for every vision that comes from him, every assignment that comes from him, his provision is attached to it. So I'm so excited. I cannot wait for us to see for months from now and see all the things that the Lord is doing in this church. And you get to say, man, I was a part of it. I'm a part of that. When someone walks to you after service and say, I just been delivered today. I gave to that. I received my, 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 my family member, my, my husband that, 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 uh, I've been dealing with uh, certain things and wasn't walking with the Lord. All of a sudden, he gave his life to the Lord. I gave to that. Healing. We saw, we witnessed healing in the church. Like, I gave to that. A part of God's work in this church. Part of God's work in his kingdom. Isn't that amazing? We get to be a part of that. Amen? Amen? So I'm done. I'm going to have Pastor Steve close us in, in prayer. And so we are a blessed church. And I thank you for choosing to walk with us, serve with us. Thank you for allowing me and my wife to be your pastors. What a great church we have. Amen? Bless you. Thank you for tuning in to Calvary Life DFW's weekly podcast. If what you heard today impacted you, be sure to tell us about it. You can rate and subscribe to this podcast or contact us on social media. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram or our website, calvarylifedfw.com. Thank you so much and have a great week.